Welcome everybody to our session on conflict, uh, managing conflict as a rising executive. Today I have one of my favorite people. Again, I was like Michelle. Everybody's your favorite people. But let me tell you about. <laughs> let me tell you about Lynn. Here, I just finished up last night the fourth Women of Color in STEM Virtual Summit. Lynn was one of the original speakers mm. from that that November 2017. So when I say she's one of my favorite speakers, like she had something come up. She was literally on Zoom in the car making sure she was delivering content. Like she was she didn't cancel. She like, I got you. I'm still gonna deliver. I'm still gonna help your people. Um, and that is her level of commitment. Since then, we've done, she's been in psychology today. She's what you've done, TED Talks at least twice. Um, so she is about that life. So Lynn Hurdle is uh, from the Bronx. Yeah. Y'all get two New Yorkers in one day. If you went to one session, you get New Yorkers. It, it's the New Yorker day. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, and she literally has been doing conflict resolution for 40 years now. She's not new to this. She's true to this. And she's really about you being able to, to not only manage the conflict and de-escalate the conflict between yourself and someone else, but as a leader, how do you manage conflict when it's other people that you, whether it's your team or you're on the phone and it's your client <laughs> and another um, stakeholder, how do you manage that conflict? I've been there. I don't know if I did it right, but I didn't get fired <laughs> and the client was happy with the result. But it's really important to understand how to best manage it especially when you're woman you are underrepresented woman of color how does that come about and what does that look like so lynn is here today to share her expertise do not be afraid to ask questions do not be afraid really? to really dig in we have her for three and a half hours so i'm gonna hand it over to lynn this is her zone of genius we're going to learn so much and i'm really excited about having her here welcome lynn Thank you so much. I love when Michelle intros me because it just comes from the more personal space, right? You know, I, you know, as executives or rising executives, sometimes it's got to be in this order and look like this and all of that kind of stuff. And I just love to teach in a way that's more familiar, right? Because I feel like it's applicable more to what you are going through day to day. So Lynn Warming Hurdle from the boogie down, but my soul is also Californian, Southern California to be exact. And I lived by coastal life last year uh, and I will be living it again uh, once we're through the whole COVID and you know, definitely living it again. But I'm thrilled to be here just to let you know, first of all, that this is a real working session. So when Michelle says, if you have questions, that's fine. But also because I like to not only teach the work, but practice the work so that when you have to use it, right, that you feel like, oh, right, I did this with Lynn and this is the feedback I got. So let me apply that now rather than freezing in the moment saying it seems so easy when Lynn showed us the slide, right? But I don't know how to do this. 
in the moment. I want you to feel like that when you leave here today. So the first thing that I do, and I never do anything accidentally, it's all part of the work. And the first thing that I do is I start with breathing. And I always tell people that the uh, most powerful skill that we have when it comes to resolving conflict is the breath. And people seldom, if ever, use it or even know about it. Because with the breath, we are able to manage the body. And we're able to put ourselves in a place where we are ready to participate and engage in conflict in a productive way. Uh, I've used it myself to lower my own blood pressure when the doctor wanted to give me, put me on medication. <laughs> and she literally gave me 15 minutes and said, you figure out something to do uh, because it's too high and you need to bring it down. And I used my breath. And so we're going to start with the breath. So all I ask from you is that you just follow along and I'll be instructing you and guiding you. So let's just get comfortable first or whatever that means for you to get comfortable. And I'm going to get ready now if you are comfortable enough to close your eyes, feel free. If not, you can focus on a point in front of you. And then what we're doing is we are going in. And so we're going to notice first any feelings that are coming up for us right now. And then notice any thoughts that might be racing. And none of this is what needs to be fixed, it simply needs to be noticed. And then let's move to the body. And we're just going to do a scan of the body to see where there might be tension. Starting at the top of the head, Going to the forehead area, the brow area, notice. Sometimes we have, we can feel a headache coming on or maybe it's already just strong, noticing. Going down to the eyes, noticing the jaw. And down to the neck place where we often keep tension and if you need to move it a little bit, feel free to take care of yourself in that way. And then shoulder area, another really big tension place for some of us. And again, if you need to do something there, do down to the back. And again, a place often filled with tension. And then shift around to the abdomen because when we have unsettled conflict, a lot of times it sits there. So just noticing that. And then down the legs. the ankles, the toes, 
And you want to wiggle your toes, move them around, tuning in. And then turn your attention to the breath. Just noticing how you're breathing. Is your chest rising or is your belly rising? Just notice. Then we're going to do a series of breaths. So how it goes is we're going to breathe into the four count through the nose. We're going to hold it to the four count, and then we're going to release through the mouth again to the four count. And we will do that four times. So breathing in through the nose, two, three, four, and hold. Two, three, four, and then release through the mouth. Breathing in. Two, three, four, and hold. Two, three, four, and release it out. Breathing in, two, three, four, and hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, release. One more time, in, two, Three, four, and hold, 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 and let it go. And then just stay there, stay focused, really noticing within. And then we're going to open our eyes and come back together. Yeah, beautiful. So I want to see what people noticed, and then we're going to uh, move from there. So, Michelle, did you notice anything? I noticed I had, well, I already knew, but um, that I had a lot of tension in my shoulders, mm -hmm. but it gave me the opportunity to really stretch out my body because I've been on the go, go, go all this week. Yeah. Um, and while I have sciatica and it's been bothering me, that's what mainly I'd focus on. But then I could feel other places, you know, from the mm -hmm. top of my head, maybe a sinus headache coming on. Mm -hmm. The other things I was really part by part understanding where my tension was and maybe popping because I'm getting a little bit older, you know, as I was stretching out. You yeah. Know, <laughs> that crackling pop sounds that aren't the cereal. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. What about you, Tamika? Did you notice anything? I did. I am... <laughs> feeling really anxious. So mm -hmm. it's great that we started with this because mm -hmm. I have a lot of uh, 
anxious feelings. I have big interviews coming up on yeah. Monday. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I have a lot of preparation to do beforehand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just to make sure that I'm fully ready. And um, I've got a full day today of just, you know, things that I've committed to and yeah. that the thought process of all of those things is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And where does that sit? Right. It's in your body. Yes. 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 When you said and bring it back around to your core, I'm like, yep. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. right there. It's right there. Right yep. there. Yep. And we ignore our body so much. Sometimes we use them simply as a place for, you know, to travel our heads, right. To keep our heads going from one place to the other. And we forget about what's happening with the body. Absolutely. Thank you, Tamika. Simone, what was the joke? What happened? What happened? <laughs> I said I took a nap. <laughs> uh-huh. So what does that tell you? I, I got kids, you know, I think I get, get it in. Right, right. And Simone, let me tell you something. I can't tell you how many times when someone else was conducting the breathing or meditation that I took a nap. Are you kidding? Uh, like the body's <laughs> like, really? <laughs> We're closing <laughs> our eyes and it's not bedtime. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely, but, but I um actually I um one of our first sessions um a couple of Saturdays ago we had done a similar exercise and we went closed our eyes and went through so I actually went right back there mm-hmm. um, and I realized I was I I quickly went back to that place I didn't um <laughs> I I was like oh I know what this was like let's let's do this so I uh, so which is which is a uh, a, a, a departure for me. I'm usually tension here, you know, mm-hmm, like to, uh, ten, mm-hmm. anxiety about different things. Um, so it was, it was, it was kind of interesting to like almost like full circle to go back to that that very um quiet space. Very very quickly, I went there. Apparently, so. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's when we allow our bodies to take over. They do what they need, right? Body does sure. what they need. Yes, sure. beautiful, Josie. Yeah, so I really noticed that, like, I've been having a couple, like, difficult conversations and conflict at work recently, Mm -hmm. and I always feel it, like, right here in my chest, Mm -hmm. and Mm. when we started talking about, oh, we're going to practice this a little bit, like, I started feeling it a little bit, and then I was (laughs) like, oh, and then I started thinking about some of the conflicts I've recently had, and then just, like, going through the breathing exercise, like, all of that went away. Mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm, it's like, ah, mm-hmm. I can relax. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's such a great skill. It just is. The better you get at it, the more you can make it, make it work for you, particularly in conflict situations. Yeah. Thank you. And Mary, what did you notice, if anything? Good morning. So uh, I feel like I have a lot of stress on my mind related to work and an upcoming Mm -hmm. uh, trip that I'm making. But one of the biggest things I feel like I've noticed is that there's a conflict that I need to raise Mm -hmm. and I'm nervous Mm -hmm. about raising it because I feel like the outcome is going to result in me having to be responsible for the solution. Um, And I don't feel equipped to be responsible for the solution, but Um, I just kind of had an awareness that, okay, I just need to identify what I need in order to be successful. So um, 
I don't know. I kind of feel like I was still a little bit stressed, but mm-hmm. I gained mm-hmm. some clarity in just like being still for a moment. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, and, and hopefully... And hopefully- Hopefully the uh, you'll get some also additional support here through the work that we're doing today. So thank you, awesome. thank you. Was someone gonna say something? Okay, all right. So I am going to just start us off a little bit right here. But just know that I am not going through PowerPoint for the entire presentation, right? Because I really want to be able to have the kind of back and forth conversation with all of you. So I'm Lynn Maureen Hurdle, I'm known as the conflict closer. And what's the interesting thing about that is I think people have a sense of what conflict closer means in terms of that you are really there to close conflict, right? To make sure that it gets resolved. But the other play on that word is closer. And the way that I work is I bring conflict closer to you so that you can really understand the relationship that you have with it and have an even better one because most of us do not have good relationships with conflict and conflict's not going anywhere. It's always gonna be a part of our lives. So we might as well be in better relationship with it. So I'm a strategist on conflict resolution, best-selling author, facilitator, speaker, right? TEDx speaker. And I make conflict less scary for you because what I do is just to get you to know how to be in relationship with it because that's the only way you can use it to uh, help you, for you to transform, for your team to transform if you have one. And yep, 40 years in the work and really what I am interested in doing and 40 years in the work is to really mix different methods of how I teach conflict resolution and all that goes along with it. So I have a theater background, so I bring some of that in where we do our role plays and really the role plays are around practicing the skills that we're learning together and bringing in real life situations. So a couple of you you sound like you might be sitting with some actual conflicts that you're experiencing and we may be able to bring those into the practice of the work today. And then one last one, right? Okay, nope, I'm gonna leave us there, right? And so I wanna do a go around and I want to find out from uh, each of you an observation of yourself in conflict, an observation of yourself in conflict. and. Uh, I never ask you to do anything I'm not willing to do. So I will start off and then we'll go from there. So an observation of myself in conflict is that if I do not get in front of the emotions that come up within me, they will take over. And I have to be aware in the moment, you know, this is fear 
or this is anxiety, or whatever it is. And so how do I manage that? Oftentimes I manage it through the breathing, but sometimes it's just enough to know that it's there and that it's creating, whether it's creating heat or it's just creating this kind of uh, anxiety that shows up in just wanting to kind of pounce on the moment. But whatever it is, I know if I don't get ahead of it and even expect it, you know, that that's what's going to come up for me, then the conflict's going to go in the wrong direction for me. So that's an observation that I have of self. Uh, someone else, when is, someone want to share their observation of themselves in conflict? I can go. Um, okay. I'm similar. Like, I just, when I start getting into conflict, the, I, I get... I get very worried I'm going to either get very angry or break down in tears. Mm -hmm. And so that in and of itself then makes conflict even scarier because mm -hmm. I don't want to get there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jody. Someone else. Tamika, okay. please. Mm -hmm. I most find myself in the midst of conflict when I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Because I'm at a lesser degree of thought at that yeah. point. I'm, I'm just kind of worn out. Yep. So my fuse is short and who knows what can happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, when I'm tired and, or even just feeling overwhelmed, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty anxious about Monday. So yeah. everything, you know, leading up to Monday until I get through Monday will have some kind of, I don't know the word even, but there's yeah. going to be some, some, you know, like I can't give it at all. I don't think I want mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. still like, it's, 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 it's within me. Right. So. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So skills, you're going to practice those skills. And yes, we will take break. <laughs> yes, we will not be working the three hours straight, or there'll be some additional conflict that I'll have to deal with, I'm sure. Right. But that's where we're going to be today. So I want to, and I'm glad the piece came up about recording, right? I want us to work on the next skill because the first skill was breathing. The next is going into conflict with agreements on how we're going to work and handle that is really important. People take for granted something like community agreement, something we're going to make together here to talk about how we want to work together in order to feel safe enough to be able to bring our whole self in to the work that we're doing together today. So if you were to use uh, agreements for conflict, if you were to say, listen, we're going to talk about this conflict, let's talk about how we are going to do that so that it isn't just this free for all and we get to just really vomit on each other, <laughs> right? but that we actually are working at this in a productive way. So let's talk about how we want to do this. So having said that, I'm interested in knowing what 
agreements do we want to make together today in the work, in the time that we're working together? What's going to make you feel comfortable and safe enough to bring your whole self to this discussion? And Michelle, if you don't mind, can you jot them in the chat for us? Great. Okay, so anyone can tell us what's, what's something you'd like us to agree to as a community in doing our work together here today? Um, this is Mary. I would say mm -hmm. I'm not really sure about how the session is going to flow today to really, you know, know what type of agreements I need to consider. Mm -hmm. Okay, great, Mary. So the way it's going to flow is that uh, we're going to delve into ourselves around complex. So that will mean that there'll be discussion around something like what I call the conflict stories, which is conflict really starts for us, our opinion of it, our view of it, our mindset around it starts from the time we were raised and it's set by the people who raised us, whoever that may be, and then reinforced by more and more people as we continue to grow up, right? And we, we continue to grow in general. So that will be a discussion. And uh, you will uh, say as much as you feel comfortable to say around it or not. And then we will work into some skills around uh, listening and around responding versus reacting. And really, I'll be teaching the skills and then you get to ask some questions if you have them. And then what I'll do is uh, I will give you the opportunity to practice it because we're on Zoom and because we're a small group and I don't wanna break you up into the breakout rooms for a small group, then I'll give people a chance to actually practice using the skills on a situation where I'll role play with you. And that would be to the benefit of everybody in the group to learn from that experience and I give feedback on that experience. And then we'll, we'll have, uh, a time when you can do questions and answers, but primarily that's how we're going to work through it. We're gonna talk about barriers as a, as a woman, right? Rising executive, rising executive of color. We'll talk about that as well. And that's really how the session is gonna flow. So is that helpful to you, Mary? Thank you, yes. Yeah, great. And then, and I think that one of the things that I would say is if we could agree that it is all right, it is okay to say, I'm really not understanding right now. I'm really, it's really not clear for me, right? That we really look out for ourselves in our own understanding by feeling comfortable enough to ask for clarity and understanding. So thank you, Mary, for bringing that up. Yep. So someone else. So just one more thing. So I just want oh, everyone to know that today's wash day. So this is why I'm not sharing my video, but I just want okay. to share face for everyone since everyone else is on video as well. So thank you for Bye. doing that. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, beautiful. Understood, wash day, whatever day, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, someone else, let's add to our agreements together. Um, I, I would say maybe um, 
like being being um open to like asking questions mm-hmm. um and um and not uh ascribing like any assumptions or whatever like it's just a question for clarification and i don't know if in the sessions we can ask each other for clarification on their stories or mm-hmm. is it just you know directed to you but right open to um uh, asking questions okay Beautiful. Thank you, Simone. And thank you for asking too. Like, can I ask a question about someone's story? When we get two conflict stories, I actually don't tend to let us ask questions because I want people to be able to put it out however they want to put it out. And, uh, and although questions often come from curiosity, sometimes they inhibit us because we, in our minds, feel like it might come from a place of judgment. And so we, we try to clean it up, right? Or omit things. Uh, and then that really stops the learning, right? But what tends to happen though, Simone, I will say that as we continue the work, things kind of circle back around. And often the person in doing the work will relate what we're learning to their conflict story. And so we often get answers to our questions sometimes in that way as well. But yes, let's be open to asking questions. Yeah, of, of you can ask me anything for certain. Yeah. Something else we want to put, let's, let's do the piece around confidentiality, meaning recording. So what are people's thoughts around that? I mean, I mean, to be honest, I, um, if you're going to get into that level of detail, I would rather none of this like dark subject <laughs> because we don't tend to like it much, but we can have some fun in here. Oh, and even with ourselves in how we handle conflict, because people, I think, tend to come into these workshops trying to impress me. Uh, and so they may not say when they've blown it and listen. 40 years in, I still blow it, right? I'm a mother of two sons and I still blow it. So that's not anything that is going to change. It's just that you, you tend to engage better and better, right? As you gain the skills and then use the skills because you can gain a whole bunch of skills, but if you never use them in conflict, you're never going to get better at it. All right, so... Uh, Michelle, do you mind reading off our agreements? I surely can. Um, first agreement, it's okay to say I don't understand and request clarity. Second agreement, be open to asking questions of each other to get clarification and not make assumptions. Okay. Um, third one is, and I don't, I didn't have it on here, is to request stopping of the recording mm-hmm. so that you can participate and really get the most out of this opportunity to understand how to close conflict mm-hmm. or get closer to conflict. Conflict, yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Thank you. All right. So is everybody feel like they can agree to those? Uh, Give me some kind of reaction or hand raise or thumbs up or whatever, however you want to let us know you're good with that. Okay. Mary, are you good with these? these? 
Yes, I'm good with them. Okay. Uh huh. Sure. Okay. All right. So let's start with what's your definition of conflict, right? Here we are going to work on it, but what, how do you define it? How would we define conflict? This is Mary. I define, I guess, I define conflict as not being in alignment or not being in hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, an angry type situation. Right. Have conflict as it relates to when you're going to schedule the meeting or who needs to be involved in the meeting or how something's going to be delivered. So um, there's just not alignment or agreement. And mm -hmm. I would say communicated alignment and agreement. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Someone else have anything they, go ahead, please, Tamika. Sure. So like Mary just mentioned, I thought of, you know, not being in alignment. I also feel like conflict is a lot of indifference. Um, so there's, you know, just this indifference and you're, you want to be aligned, but mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. just that indifference until mm -hmm. you work through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Love adding to our definition. What else? Anybody else have anything they want to add to it before I weigh in on it? Okay, so I want us to think about what um, what I call conflict, which is the different when different ideas, uh, perspectives, views come together but then they stop the progress of moving forward together because we can have different, I don't know if anybody's ever experienced just getting along really well with someone who just thinks very differently from you or sees things very differently, but somehow you still get along. It doesn't manage to cause conflicts where you're not moving forward together. But the conflict really lies in when those different ideas, perspectives come together. They're not aligned, right? but they're so unaligned that we're not able to get it done, whether it's a project, right? Whether it's that this relationship moves forward, that there's a conversation that we can't seem to have. We can't move forward because of the difference in the room, right? It's not aligning and we have to find a way to work toward resolving the conflict that's there. And it's also uh, an opportunity for you to get to know yourself better in relationship to conflict, as well as others in relationship to conflict. And a lot of times people really don't view it as that opportunity, but I am asking you to view it as an opportunity and to really be able to, when you have a conflict afterwards, to do the work of checking in with yourself on what came up for you and how you did in that conflict situation, not just what has, whether it's, oh, thank God, we resolved that. Okay, moving on, right? Or, oh my God, we're never gonna resolve this and moving on. <laughs> it's really doing the after work as well to say, so Lynn, what did you think? What was happening for you when you said so-and-so? Like, oh my God, yes, I was really getting angry with them, but what was underneath the anger? Like, why? What, what is it, right? So it's really interesting for us to look at conflict as this op opportunity. Okay, 
uh, it just really is. <laughs> so I want you to see both the difference of opinion not aligning and the opportunity for me to really get to know me in a conflict situation. And I don't know if folks know that in, um, in the Chinese language, the symbol for a conflict is both crisis and opportunity. And it truly is both, it depends on our mindset. All right, so let's talk about mindset. Where do we even begin to develop a mindset around conflict? Because I'm gonna tell you that the opportunity for the mindset to be different was always there. It's just most people didn't take that opportunity because they too were taught that it's negative, right? And so let's start to think about the people that raised you. How did they do conflict? Because that's where you learned first, right? So the people that raised you, how did they do conflict? I'm gonna tell you, so you may get an idea, a better idea of what I'm asking you for. I grew up with both of my parents and, uh, and, a, and my, an older sister. She was only a year older than me. And the way that conflict was done in our home, my mother yelled. She yelled at absolutely every opportunity there was that conflict presented her with. That was her skill, yelling. And uh, my dad stayed quiet. And on the side, he would come to us and try to work it out a little bit, but never was it that strong model that we had of my mother yelling, right? So I learned, uh, I learned that number one, I hated conflict because I hated yelling, right? I hated the yelling. Number two, I learned that it was bad, right? Something to absolutely avoid. My dad was clearly avoiding it, right? So I learned that from him and that it was something that if you did dare talk about it, it was like behind closed doors, kind of to the side, to the person, because I learned that as well. And so for me, the view around conflict was not a positive view, okay? So that's really what I'm asking you to uh, be willing to share whatever you're willing to share about how people do did conflict in your uh, when you were growing up. So, who would be willing to share with us? Uh, this is Mary. I had being the inquisitive child, right, makes you the troublemaker, and how that extends itself, even maybe in your mindset today right? Uh, being that inquisitive uh, adult, that woman, that, um, you know, whatever, however you identify ethnically, right? Being that, wow, that's the troublemaker, as opposed to that's the person that's really curious about wow. what is this what is about? This about, right? Just one comment on that. I can say I was fortunate early in my career you know, being the only female, only black person in a field of engineers who have children older than me at the time, someone said, you're asking good questions, but sometimes people can take your inquiry as judgment. So I, I've just learned some things along the way to yeah. try to, you know, try to manage judgment being something people can take from my inquiry. So mm -hmm. that was good. Otherwise I 
would be here judging people. You know, people would feel judged. So, yeah. 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 Beautiful. Thank you, Mary. All right. Someone else want to share their conflict story. How did the people who raised you do conflict? So how is this applying today for me as an adult? And so, again, so the work of really resolving conflicts masterfully involves your going back to where the mindset was created and then being able to make the connections to where you are now and recognizing too that it is going to come up, even if, even with all the skills that I have, even when you get skills and you start to address your gaps, right, in resolving conflict, recognize that because it started so early in you, right, that it's still there. And so the potential for you to want to yell, right, for instance, can come up. The potential for you to hide and want to hide from conflict or to even do it can come up, which is why after you're involved in a conflict to be able to look at what came up and how you did and how you feel about how you did is so important because you get to catch that, oh my goodness, right? I still have this gap. So I may want to work on getting some skills in this area or wow, that came up with that come from, wow, that comes really back to my conflict story. And that's still coming up for me in some ways, right? Maybe it's not as overt, but it is coming up for me and I've got to be able to address that. So thank you all for taking that trip. And I see uh, Yvonne has joined us. Hi, Yvonne. Pay attention to yourself right throughout this entire workshop and in relationship to us doing this work around conflict. So I want us to start off with what I think is something that people do not enough and need much more practice on, and that is we're going to work on some listening skills, because my experience around conflict is once we decide to engage, we want to get our point across, and we listen up into the point at which we wish to interrupt, and that usually comes pretty early in the conflict conversation, right, because especially if they hit something that triggers us, Right. If, the, if uh, it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. I, let me say this. <laughs> right. Which really interrupts the moment of listening. And then also what it does is that it takes away from the opportunity to really find out what the conflict is about from their perspective, because now we've switched it to us. And if we're honest with ourselves, let's face it, we already know what the conflict's about from our point of view. So why do we have to jump in there so quickly to get our point of view expressed? What we really don't understand yet fully is how they're viewing the conflict. We think we do because we assume more than we listen. We assume we know what they meant by what they said. We assume we know how they're going to approach this conflict. We assume we know all about who they are in conflict. And so we're going to work on getting some listening skills under our belt that'll help us 
to really start to understand the conflict and the person or people that we're in conflict with. So let me introduce to you. Okay, so I want us to work on some two deep listening skills. The first one is listening for feelings and values. I want to say to you that for the most part, we listen for content, but we aren't listening to the feelings of this person and what they value. We, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've been uh, coaching someone who feels like either the person has no values or that they don't, they, the only value they care about is that they don't seem to value my opinion in this conflict, but what do they value? What is what they're saying coming from? So in order to find that out, we have to listen to what's not being named. And here's what I mean by that. How many times have you ever heard someone who's in conflict and they're having the conversation with you and they say, and I value this and I value that. And I value, like, that's not usually how it goes. We might on occasion hear them say, like, I value you and your service. But as they're talking about what the conflict is about, they don't tend to use that word. They don't talk in those words. So you have to listen for what's not being named as a value in the words that they are using. So I'll give you a, for instance, if I say, you know, coming late is just not negotiable. I feel like you just miss a lot of things and it is just really, uh, I think offensive. It tells the person or tells me that you really don't care about how I view things or what I have to say. And so I'm really, I'm really getting on you about this lateness thing. So what is it? They've named lateness, but what's the value? If you were to respond to them and say, so it sounds like you value what? Respect. Okay, respect. So isn't that interesting that in the, in the words that I've said, you hear respect. Yes, did I say I value respect? No, but you could hear from the words that I'm saying about what lateness says to me that I feel disrespected, right? And when you come in late. So the value for me is respect. What else? Because there's other values there. What other value did you hear? Punctuality. Punctuality. Yes. Right. I value punctuality. Anything else? Any other value? Communication. Yes. Uh, can you say where you heard that? Do you remember the words? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh, but give me a minute. I think it'll uh -huh. be. <laughs> Hold on, what did she say? I didn't quite hear that. Communication. Communication. Okay, yeah. I was mm -hmm. Yeah, so do you remember why why you picked up communication? No, I just feel like that came to me. Yeah, right? Like you don't want to hear what I have to say or you miss what I have to say, right? When you're not there for it, right? When there's lateness. So right. clearly, right? All right, so 
really listening for that because you want to be able to speak to that when it is your turn to speak. All right. So listen to what's not being named. Listen for feeling words. Sometimes we throw them out and sometimes we don't. But one of the things about feeling words, what we tend to do is throw out the safer ones for us. And believe it or not, anger is one of those safer ones because anger sits on top of the ones that are much harder to express, but the ones that often do not get fed. And so then it builds to, I'm angry. So listening for feeling words. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think anger sits on top of? What kinds of feelings build to anger when they don't get addressed? Resentment. Resentment, yeah. What else? Before I resent you, what might you have done? Disrespected me. Okay, disrespect. What else? Denial. Dismissal. Denial. Dismissal. Yeah. What else? Okay. So what's the, so unsupported is the feeling. What else? Not heard. Mm -hmm. Ignored. Ignored. Yes. There you go. Uh, hurt, disappointment. All of those things lead to anger when they are not addressed, expressed and addressed. Right. So listen for feeling words and you're listening again to what's said and unsaid. Yeah. OK, you didn't have my back in that meeting and uh, and I'm I, I'm really angry with you about that, because here we are, the only two black women in the company. And when I express an idea, I'm looking for you to have my back. And you did not say a word. You sat in that meeting and acted as if what I said was so unimportant. And I never do that when you have an idea. Okay, what feeling words did you hear? What, what, what one feeling did I express? Did I say it in words? Important. Okay, that's not a feeling. What's the one feeling I said in the actual word? Upset. Close enough, angry. I said I was angry at you. But what are the feelings that sit under... Neat that that if you were really hearing my words, you could get. What am I feeling? You think? Give it a try. What do you think? What's the feeling underneath feelings? There's lots of feelings underneath anger that I feel like I expressed in words. Rejected. Okay, rejected. What else? I am always there for you when you have an idea, but you weren't there for me. What's that feeling? Unappreciated. Unappreciated, a stronger one than that. Starts with the B. Betrayed. Say it again. Betrayed. Betrayed. Don't you feel like I've been, don't you, can you hear betrayal in that? We're the only two black ones up in here. And anytime you got an idea, I'm right there. But turn around and it's my turn. And you're quiet. Betrayal. I feel betrayed. 
What else might I fail? I'm hoping, expecting that you will have my back. And when you don't, I feel. Let down, lack of support. Yeah, let down, disappointed. Yeah. Right? Maybe I'm even hurt. Yeah. So, so do you understand that listening for feelings is so important if you're really going to be able to start to address what this conflict is about for this person? Listen for what's important to them, what they value, name it, and then do a check-in. Did I get that right? Any questions Any about questions? this before we practice? So I just have a comment. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I have a bias. And Go my ahead. bias is, you don't bring your feelings to work. Mm -hmm. So getting mm -hmm. in the way. So being able to bring them out on the table can be an important way to at least get them acknowledged for that person and then begin to work on. So how do we resolve this situation? I can't resolve your feelings for you, but we may be able to resolve this situation between us. Oh, I'm sorry. And was it Yvonne that, that brought this up? Um, no, I think it was someone okay. else. Someone who was it? Who? I'm sorry. Who, who, who said that? Mary? Okay. Sorry, Mary. Okay. So Mary, does that make sense to you or... Yeah, it says I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because people are not, trust me, and age has nothing to do with this, right? If people have not been taught how to manage their feelings, then they are, the feelings are what's going to actually fuel the conflict and keep it going. So yeah, naming them is going to be important. All right, thank you for bringing that up too. Anybody else, question or comment before we actually do a practice? All right. Okay, so it's going to be listen to what's not being named, listen for feeling words, and I'll guide you through it to name them and do a check-in, did I get that right? So I'm gonna stop share so I can see each of you to be listening for whatever feelings you might be hearing or uh, and whatever you feel like, uh, what you're hearing that I might value. And then I'm going to ask afterwards for folks to try to see if you can name it and then do a check-in. So doing that, here's what that would look like. So Lynn, I heard this particular value and it sounds like you feel like this, right? These, this feeling, I've heard this feeling from you. Did I get that right? That's really what I'm looking for from you, okay? All right, are we ready to listen to me? And, and listen, while you're listening, I want you to observe and notice what might be coming up for you, whether it's a, a trigger or a bias, right? Uh, it could be, Mary, what could come up for you is like, oh my God, you know, this is not therapy. She needs to just go someplace <laughs> with all of that. <laughs> because that's what comes up a lot of times when we're doing the work it, like this but the truth is 
it's really valuable to do the work in this way. So you have that, at least those skills to be able to guide them. You, Tamika says, I love therapy. I know, I love therapy too, but sometimes it feels like crossing the line when you do the work in this way. But I know that it's valuable because if people don't know how to manage their feelings, I have to manage it. I have to manage mine and then manage theirs getting on the table so that we can really work past that and get through to resolving this conflict, right? Okay, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to do a, do a little monologue, and then I'm going to ask for volunteers to see if you can name value and uh, feelings, okay? All right, so, you know, I, I'm really, I, I'm really unhappy right now because one of the things that I notice that happens is you do not share anything about, you know, something that is a big project. Whenever there's a big project, you like really like keeping it to yourself. I don't know whether it's because you want to be the big shot here and you want to make sure everybody knows how important you are and how smart you are, but it's a team effort, right? We're supposed to be working together and yet and still, I cannot seem to get information from you about what in the world we're actually doing. It's like you have this little private conversation with yourself that never happens with me. So then I get to look stupid or I get to look unprepared and that's not who I am. I'm very professional in the way that I work. I really am someone who is very accomplished and I want people to understand that. And yet us working together doesn't seem to get that there. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm new, you know, I'm new here. You already know that. So I really do want people to understand who I am and how, how valuable I am to the company. And yet I feel like you're standing in my way. And I'm almost going to say that I feel like it's personal sometimes, like you have something against me. And my thing is, if someone has something against me, then be upfront, say what you got to say, you know, we're adults here. And it really does bother me that you of all people, you know, come on, you know what I'm saying about that you of all people are standing in my way, it seems like and you're just I, I think it's just totally unprofessional the way that you're working. And you need to just get it together. I, I'm really unhappy here. I'm just like really, I'm unhappy here. I'm getting ready to take some other actions if you don't get it together and uh, include me as a team member because I'm, I'm not looking like this. I'm not going out like this. I said so. You have that authority, right? You can do it that way, or you can really try to use some skills to problem solve this out so the person feels heard, so that some solutions get on the table, and then you work toward getting this done. It's resolved. Two different ways to listen. Those are two different ways to listen. You can choose to leave out all that information and just go on authority, or you can choose to use the information right? Extract it and then use it to have a good problem-solving conversation. Does that make sense to folks? All right. So then with that said, I want to do one more, one more practice of that. 
okay? Because I really want you to be able to pull it. Uh, what was that most technical would love to solve problems most of the time, right? Yeah, build on the fact that uh, these are tech people, right? And so absolutely, there's a problem-solving mindset anyway. Uh, but feelings and feelings can get in the way, right? Feelings can get in the way. And so that's why being able to, to pull them, even if you feel like, you know what, I'm not going to put them all on the table. Let me see what's the most valuable one to put here, right? So maybe you feel like you really felt excluded from uh, getting the, all of the information necessary for this particular project, right? Is that what I'm hearing? And then see where that can get you because you may not want to go to the more deeper ones that you probably know is happening here, but the excluded might be a safer one to put out on the table. Please, Simone. Well, uh, I actually think you did great on this. So I'm gonna move to the next, to the next go because I think you all were able to pull them out. So let me move to the next listening skill and then we'll take a break. Okay, so listening beyond our comfort zone, feel into the point at which you are not comfortable, take three breaths and pay attention to your non-verbals, right? So first one, feel into the point at which you are not comfortable. Like I said, that tends to come up pretty early for us. In the conversation, I'm asking you to listen past that point, even if it is really uncomfortable, but it's a point that you want to come back to addressing, but you are letting them give as much information as possible before you address that point. And to get past it, you may have to take those three deep breaths, but still listening. And then pay attention to your nonverbals. What am I talking about there? Um, body language, I would say like I'm crossing my arms, uh, leaning your head to the side. Maybe your eyes are going in a certain circular motion. Um, you're exhaling. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could, the stance, maybe you chant, you're, you're moving back and forth. Like you have all this energy, you're trying to figure out what to do with it. So you're moving your, you know, shifting your body from left mm -hmm. to right or back and forth. Mm -hmm. I pay attention to those too. Yeah. And what about, yes. Uh, anybody raise eyebrows? You ever been told, uh, or I know my mother used to say you can't play poker cause it shows all over your face. All right. Like, I, <laughs> and that was, that is not a lie. I know that my face is very expression, but my answer would be, well, I can't see my face. So how do, how do I know? what's going on with my face, but no, your nonverbals is very important because if you don't, and you're doing them, then people may have a reaction to it. Like the crossing of the arms and the legs. I do that as a way of, of com being comfortable, but I have learned that that can tell people if I'm in conflict conversation that I'm, I'm closing off to what they're saying. Right. I'm close. So I don't do it when I'm in a conflict conversation, because I know that that could happen. You know, I check out their nonverbals, you know, like it's like, okay, wait a minute. Did I do something with my face? Cause I noticed you kind of changed <laughs> in, in how you're looking at me. Like, yeah, you raised your eyebrows or <laughs> right. Okay. 
that's feedback for me. These are things that I know in conflict conversations that I have to watch out for these things because if I really want to pursue this, this conversation to the end where we really are problem solving, then some of the things that I'm doing are not really helpful to that. All right, so, this, so all of that makes sense to folks? Yep, okay, beautiful. So I do wanna give, I do wanna give a break. Michelle, how long have the breaks been? Um, you have a three and a half hour session, so you have 30 minutes for break. So if you want to do okay. three tens, two fifteens. I, I would like to do two fifteens if, if people do not mind doing two fifteens. I think 15 minutes can give you something, you know, something a little bit of grace time. Okay. All right. So we are, uh, we're going to come back at two. Um, we're going to come back at two? Yeah, two East Coast time if you want to. I'm sorry, two East Coast time. Here I am thinking only of me. Yes, two East Coast time. <laughs> so um, if you're on West Coast, then it's what, 11 a.m.? Lynn should know because she's been by coastal for a yes, while. Yes, um, it is and 11. It's somewhere in between there. So uh, <laughs> just 15 minutes. Just look at whatever time it is. It's the 45 of the hour. Be back at the top of the next hour. Yes opportunity aspect of it as well as the the divergent ideas perspectives that keep us from moving forward i want you to please name for me uh something in nature anyone a butterfly a butterfly okay and one more thing in nature birds birds Okay. All right. And then give me a household appliance. Microwave. Microwave. Okay. One more. An oven. Washing machine. An oven. Uh, uh, can we go with, with a washing machine since oven and microwave? Okay. So here we go, folks. Conflict is like a butterfly because... You're going to complete it, not me. Conflict is like a butterfly because. It goes through several stages. Mm, to nice. Get to its form. Yep, yep, nice. Conflict is like birds because. It goes south just like the birds. <laughs> It can go south for sure. All right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, great. Conflict is like a microwave because. It can heat things up in mm -hmm. a matter of seconds. Yeah. It can heat up in a matter of seconds. Yep. All right. And then conflict is like a washing machine because someone who has an answer yet. Come on, give it a try. Stretch that stretch that mindset about conflict. Conflict is like a washing machine because. Mm -hmm. 
Conflict's like a washing machine because you can get very, very wet and as and confused as part of the conflict situation, but it can also make things cleaner at the other end. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. And it goes through cycles to get to that cleanliness, right? Beautiful. It agitates. Yeah. So this is about, this is called a synectic, a conflict synectic. And it's about, it's another way to stretch your mind to how you view conflict. Because if every time conflict comes up, all we're thinking about is, oh God, I hate conflict, or this is going to be bad, or whatever a negative view is, I don't want to deal with this, or I don't, I'm an imposter, I don't have the skills to deal with it. If that is always our view, then we're really never going to get to that place where we see the opportunities that it can present, right? So stretching, stretching the, the view is a great way to help you to do that. Yes, I do too. I do too, Michelle. And it's actually the first time, well, it's the first time anyone said birds and it's the first time I heard that it goes south. <laughs> it is so true. Yes, beautiful. Okay. So... Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. All right. So we are going to let's see, go back to our PowerPoint and we're going to look at. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> let me take us one further, right? On, let me finish up listening beyond our comfort zone, right? Listen one point further past your discomfort. Right. So that's part of the listening and then reflect back to them what you heard. Right. It sounds like what I heard is, which is the paraphrasing, which we did in the first step when we were reflecting back the feelings and the values. Right. It's the same thing in reflecting back the content of what you've heard someone say. So let me give an opportunity for that before I move forward. And that is that. What I want to do is to go back to uh, the scenario and I want to ask if you will reflect back some of the content now, not, not the feelings and the values, but the content of what you're hearing. So to going back to that scenario, I'm going to say, uh, so the problem that I'm having, right, is with you as the project manager not sharing anything with me or at least keeping things secret about what you're doing and what I'm supposed to be doing in this situation. I don't understand why you can't simply tell me all of the things that I need to do and the things that you're doing if we're a team. This isn't how a team functions for me. It doesn't make me look good. And I'm certainly not happy about the fact that you, being who you are and being the one who's the manager, is conducting yourself in this way. I need to be treated very differently. I need to be treated as someone who's important on this team. And that means I need better information from you. So I'm going to ask you to reflect back content. Like, and when I say content, like what is this about in terms of content? Because it's about feelings and values too. But in terms of content, what are you hearing? In terms of content, um, you... So moving on. 
there. Get there, get there. Yeah, all right. All right, so we're at the place of respond rather than react. It is really important to understand that most of us react in conflict rather than respond. And the way that you get to respond is that you do have to manage your emotions in order to get to the place where you're now thinking about what it is that you wanna say and then saying it as, a part, as, a, as opposed to the emotions start to lead you there. Right, so give yourself time to think. A lot of us feel like it makes us look bad if we're not able with the ready answer to get there. I mean, think about even as we, we talk about culture, right? And we think about cultural norms, think about uh, even growing up, uh, what, was, what was a cultural norm around if someone says something to you, about you that you don't like? What's the cultural norm in terms of how you uh, engage? I know for me, it was, you know, uh, people around like, don't let us say that about you. You better say something back, you, right? It was that kind of like, you gotta come quick. And even in today's society with social media, it's that quick response and making sure that you have the perfect clap back and so nobody gets the best of you. But responding is gonna require that you actually take a step back and give yourself time to think in the moment and understand what you are feeling and why. But there are trigger words that make some feelings come up in me. And if I don't take a moment to think about what I genuinely want to say, as opposed to what my feelings want to say, you understand what I mean between the two? My feelings have a lot to say, <laughs> but that's not where we're trying to come from. We're trying to come from the place of what's going to make the most sense to say if we're trying to move toward re resolving this conflict by engaging in the conversation. So understanding what I'm feeling and why, oh, right, that's what my mother used to say or do, or that's what so-and-so said or did, and that's triggering me, right? Hear yourself. So when I say hear yourself, if you've reacted already, because believe me, you can go to response even if you've already reacted, you can circle back. But if you've reacted already, hear yourself in that reaction. And is that really what you wanna say or is that even the best thing to say in the moment? You can practice a pause and breathe. So if you're going to pause to give yourself time to think, take some really good deep belly breaths in that moment. And I've seen people like, I need a moment or give me a moment, right? Let me get back to you in a, in a moment, right? Uh, own a bad start. I can't even tell you how many times <laughs> the feelings just ran away <laughs> with me and it was just bad. And then I came back to say, hey, that is just not what I really wanted to say, or that is, that was not helpful to the situation. I own that, I apologize for that. And then do a rewind. Can we start again? Here's what I really meant to say. Uh, do a rewind, 
Like, let's, let's have this conversation again. And then remind yourself throughout of your desire to have a meaningful conversation when it starts getting tough to say to yourself, well, what is the goal? What's my goal here? My goal is to have a meaningful conversation about this and then to problem solve it. If that's my goal, how do I stick to that? Well, I'm going to have to remind myself several times throughout a very difficult conversation that that's my goal. If my goal is to win, feelings will lead you to reaction. If my goal is to make them look small, feelings will lead to reaction. If my goal is to remind them that I'm in charge and what I say goes, then Feelings will, relead, will lead to reaction. If your goal is to have a meaningful conversation about this and then resolve it, then you'll work to go to respond rather than react or you'll work to circle your way back to respond rather than react. Yeah? Does that make sense? Okay. So I want to I want to go back to you, Simone, because the reason why I put this he put us back to I said I would like to address what you were talking about in this slide in this situation is because in order to address uh, I don't know if I, for a better word for lack of a word better word uh, do something else other than this and here we are back to square one. You hear me reacting? I'm not saying that you don't feel like that. I'm not saying that it doesn't feel good even to say that. But I'm saying if we're having meaningful conversation and engaging in resolving conflicts, where's that going to lead us in relationship to this? If that person can respond in, in the way that you're reacting, then fine. Then that's the kind of conversation you're going to have. But if you really, especially rising execs, you got to be the one that really has the skills and puts them out there. So respond rather than react. So this person is still doing the same thing, right? Simone? Yes. Okay. So what do you want to say? This is all of us. We can use this approach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to say, yeah, it's, I, I'm having a similar conflict situation with somebody and I, I got to a point where I just, I got really angry at one point. It was okay. Yep. Cool. All right. So I want to share this piece because I, th I think that, okay. How to take the parts of conflict that everyone dreads and turn them into learning experiences. Because when you start talking about why people avoid conflict, <laughs> well, these are some of the reasons, right? Emotional outbursts. That's the last thing that people want either from the other person or from yourself. Like, I'm afraid I'm just going to lose it. Right, long silence. There's a real fear of silence when we're talking about conflict or fear takes over, like you're really just petrified to have this conversation or maybe fearful of the person and the way that they conduct themselves. You know, I had a manager who was just out of control in the way that she uh, engaged in conflicts and, and very mean, just very, very mean. Um, and it's interesting 
you know, um, just by accident, I learned that she was uh, using cocaine very heavily. Uh, and so I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is where that is coming from. But it definitely, the fear would take over any time I felt like there was going to be conflict between us. Uh, or the, the part you dread is that you've just made it work. Like something you're going to do is going to make it worse. Right. And so you don't want to deal with that. So emotional outbursts. Here's the deal. No, most of us don't like it. Right. Whether it's from ourselves or from others, but emotional outbursts give us information. There is something happening here for this person. Either you've hit on something that is really important to them, but somehow they do not have the skills to articulate it in a way that you could be helpful to helping them with this particular thing. Or an emotional outburst can tell you, just as you said, Simone, they do not have, they weren't prepared for this, right? There's something else that's getting in the way that most likely has nothing to do with this conflict. And so this is not something that I'm gonna take personally at all. This emotional outburst is not about me, it's about something else. So being able to look at that, when I was doing, uh, I used to mediate uh, civil complaint cases and in particular in the black and brown communities, emotional outbursts were part of that all the time. And I started to really just recognize that sometimes people just really need to get it out in that way. Or sometimes it's, uh, most of the time it's just really not about me. It's really about whatever they're feeling that they're not able to articulate. So it comes out in that way. And when I was able to clear the air with myself around that, I was able to literally sit back and try to see, is there something in this outburst that's going to be helpful to me, right? Uh, and what I mean by that is I could say, uh, you know, Michelle, I'm going to tell you, I really don't like that you do this. And I, I, I mean, like, this is ridiculous. This is so silly. It's just ridiculous. Now, you don't get a lot out of that because there's more name calling than there is information. But if I'm saying, Michelle, Oh my God, this report was so out of line. Like we didn't do anything right in this report and the report was late. And I thought you were going to be doing this part and you didn't do that part. And so when you didn't give, deliver the charts to me, I'm standing up there looking stupid. Now that's an emotional outburst, but did you get information from that outburst? What information did you get? That you're feeling pretty hurt and mm -hmm. the, um, you know you you're upset and you, you part of it is you just feel like you need to be heard yeah but what else did I say I gave you content in there what was the content um You were upset about... So Jos Josie, I'm going to stop you for a minute. Why yeah. do you think the content is not the clearest part for you? What stopped you from hearing the, the content? 
I was spending a lot of time trying to pay attention to the feelings. Okay, right, because it's an emotional outburst, so you're trying to pay attention to yep. the feelings. Yep. Yeah. But uh, okay, and this is new, right? Trying to listen in so yep. many different ways. It definitely yep. takes practice. Right. But also whatever comes up for us when someone gets emotional and this was a role play, but think about when people have an emotional outburst, there's barriers for you because you get triggered by yes. that outburst. So yeah. you don't really hear them. All kinds of things are working for you. Like for me, it could be, you got to be kidding me. You're behaving in this way and you're in charge of me. You're the manager. Like all of this is going to my head. Whereas I really need to focus in and listen. Can I, can I get something else from this? As you said, you listen for the feelings. The content is also there too. Did yeah. anybody get any of the content? I think what I heard was um, the, the person dropped the ball in giving you the charts and the, mm -hmm. the spreadsheets or whatever for the presentation. And so you were supposed to present something without the required information. And, right. And you're very upset about that. That's right. Absolutely. So the combination of things, what you got, Josie, and what you got, Simone, right? That combination says that there's no reason to be intimidated by this emotional outburst because you were able to get something from it where you can hopefully try to use that as a way to have the conversation. One way to deescalate someone is to let them know that they've been heard and to start really giving back their words and working toward, can you really try to resolve this particular thing? Simone, why are you laughing? <laughs> Look at Michelle's last comment. <laughs> oh, Michelle had a comment. What is it? Read it to me. <laughs> Different people. But when you do have it, you absolutely stand out. So as you said, Simone, like you can really appreciate, when you see someone that has that, you can really appreciate that. And I'm the same way when I see parents who have that. I really appreciate that. It's, it's, a, switch, it's a switch that I made in parenting my sons it was that I, I much preferred to be the parent that would really go the distance and trying to have the conversation and trying to understand rather than using my power to shut it down. And I say that to parents and I say that to managers. No one can take that card from you. You know how you play cards if you ever play cards and, oh God, I have to say the word, you have the trump card, right? And you know, you can play that and it's going to shut it down, right? But you don't have to play it. You can decide to hold on to it. And that's the piece. When you know you're in the power position, if you put up that power as long as you can and try to use the skills to actually engage in the conversation, it becomes much more powerful because the conversation actually helps to build the relationship, which is what is the thing that you're gonna be able to draw on, right? In getting things done again and again and again. So really working on looking at, right? Using this, what I'm talking about now. So when you have an, emo when somebody has an emotional outburst to look at that, when you are the one having it, look at why. What came up for me? What got in the way, right? What took over and why did that take over? 
so that you can use that <clears throat> as information for yourself going forward, not to get carried away like that again, right? To use the skills to stay in. Long silence. How many of you hate silence? Like that is really, you really hate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So you've got to figure out why. Simone, why? Why do you, why don't you like it? Just, just talk to me. I don't care if you're mm -hmm. shouting, just silence kills me. That's okay. Silence really triggers you. Okay. Josie, why don't you like it? Oh, I mean, I think specifically because my like husband will just go into silence for like 20 or 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And like when we're having an argument and I'm just like, say something to me, I'm like, I can't, I can't deal. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, mm -hmm. I response yeah yeah it's a per it's a personal it's a personal trigger for you right yes. yes and it is for a lot of people uh but one of the things uh around conflict and i'll make a connection with culture too there are cultures in particular asian cultures where the silence is actually uh not so much that you're you're doing it intentionally. It comes from two places. I find one is that culturally you do not want to say something that's going to embarrass or uh, shame that the other person. And so conflict is often looked at in that way. If you really speak out that you are making yourself look bad and, and that person. The other is that silence can be an active way to do the work. Uh, for instance, I want you to uh, notice something that I did earlier. And that is when I asked a question of everyone and I sat in silence until someone responded. I could have used that silence to make myself uncomfortable and say, okay, well, I'll, I'll say something, you know, or I'll give an answer. But what I did was I used the silence to allow you time to work on a response, right? Uh, rather than be uncomfortable with it. And I've learned to stretch that silence longer and longer. It's something that I, I use with my sons bringing them up is because I believe that the answer is somewhere within there. There may be discomfort in sharing it, but if I give you the space to reach for it, you might just take that space and then you might just say, what it is. But if I, uh, if I allow myself to be intimidated by the silence, then I'll answer it for you. Or I'll assume that I know what this is about, or I'll avoid again. Okay, well, you know, they don't want to talk about it. So let me, we're not going to talk about it then. Right? So really recognizing that long silence doesn't have to be intimidating or deadly or mean that they're actually trying to get back at you and that there are, there are different meanings to silence and the way that you counter it is to get comfortable with silence and let it work for you. And then fear takes over, right? So if fear is taking over in a conflict situation, it's really important for you to know what you're afraid of. Because a lot of times what we're afraid of is really uh, our imagination of how bad this is going to be or what this is going to lead to as opposed to <clears throat> the reality of the situation. 
So to tap into what's my fear, if I'm afraid, if I say X, Y, and Z, then they're going to think ABC of me, right? Is that really what's going to happen? Is that really true? What's it based in? What's it based on? Where is that coming from for me? To really be able to take a look at that and then made it worse. So what happens if you make it worse? What's the fear of making it worse? Not like there's no coming back, there's no recovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. That's a common one. Uh, but a lot of times there is. We just convinced ourselves that there isn't. Like I said to you in the re respond versus uh, rather than react, own a bad start and then rewind. Lots of times that is really possible, but we've convinced ourselves that it's not, that there's no, that, that there's, there's no coming back from this. I really messed it up and there's no way that this is going to be resolved. And the truth is that first way is owning, owning it. That was really bad, right? Even as, I would say even, not even, even as, especially as parents, we really, are taught that, that there's no need to own a, own a bad start. We, we are the authority figure, so we just said what we said. And we might say to ourselves, yeah, well, I messed up, but I'm not gonna tell them that because I'm the mom and they're just the kids. So I don't have to tell them <laughs> that I did the wrong thing, right? But owning a bad start is, is such a high level conflict resolution skill that when you can do that, it is a it is often very appreciated and often received in the spirit in which you're giving it and then responded to by okay let's start over or let's continue the conversation right but you got to be able to be willing to uh to do that and i find that a lot of managers are not they're not good at that particular piece of saying this this came out wrong so you want to be that manager that can do that. All right. So I want to talk, I want to talk the flip to this because this is absolutely what I'm teaching. But the flip to this is barriers to doing th this work in this way. What are some of the barriers? And I want you to think about cultural norms when you think about barriers as well. So you can think about tech culture, you can think about uh, your, you know, ethnic culture or religious culture or whatever, but think about the barriers to doing this. Someone wanna name one. Um, I would I would share that um, uh, gender-wise, sometimes I'm not too sure. Good feedback, but it just makes you feel terrible. How do you manage your emotions around that to get benefit from that feedback? 
right? And to not go into the place of uh, really making yourself feel badly because you need work. Like everybody needs work. Everybody needs work. Everybody needs work. You, you could be at the highest level and you still need work, right? Everybody needs work. So, so I'm looking at the time. Wow, so fast. Uh, I just want to see if there is anything that anyone wants to really ask at this point. Because uh, I would like to get a quick closing in, but I want to make that the behavior. I, uh, if, we're, if we go for the person, then first of all, they're most likely going to react in some way and that behavior is not going to be addressed. So think about what's the behavior and what's the effect that it is having on you or on others and formulate your uh, sentence or, or two or three, however many sentences it takes to put that on the table. <clears throat> but start out with what I call a door opener. Uh, a door opener is really the invitation to have the conversation. So it could be, well, there's something that happened at the meeting that I would love for us to, to talk about, or I'd really love to have a conversation with you about, right? So that that's the door open of the invitation to the conversation. And then it is, so, uh, so Simone, what I really wanted to share with you is that in this last meeting, when you uh, called me out on the mistake that I made, uh, here's what didn't work for me, right? You raise your voice and, <clears throat> and you, you chose me in particular, right? If that's, you know, if that's the sentence that I've decided to formulate. Right, and you chose me in particular, as opposed to Simone. What a terrible way to manage that you would call someone out. You know, you call me out, you single me out in front of the entire team. I don't, I, I'm, I'm really stunned that you would do that. That is just such a poor way to manage people. Now I've said what you did, but I've also made it personal, right? And while it is the person doing it, so in that sense, it's personal. If you really want to raise conflict, you don't want to go for the personal. You want to go for the behavior and see if you can get them to talk about that. So that would be my response to that, Mary. All right. So I want to say thank you to everyone. Um, I've really enjoyed spending the time with you and I'd love to uh, just know a, a takeaway, anything that you're taking away from this time together. So uh, Josie, do you have a takeaway, anything? The rest of your day is wonderful. Thank you for this opportunity, Michelle. You're very welcome. Thank you, Lynn, for coming through as usual for being a plug. Um, this has been really great. 
So y'all have seen the last, I don't know, this was week four of, <laughs> of the speakers or the fourth day, however you want to look at it. Um, so hopefully they are helping weave together for you uh, strategies and tactics and techniques you can use as you're advancing your career, as you're encountering different barriers. Now you know how to deal. You have some tactics, right, to use when dealing with conflict. So, Lynn, thank you so much My for pleasure. joining us today. My pleasure. See you, everyone.